0: Good afternoon, we are pleased to have you here at a bittersweet moment, bitter because we have uh, lost a friend, Carl and Joanne have lost a sister, but at the same time, this was a homecoming for Sarah, so in the midst of our sorrow, we celebrate on behalf of Sarah, who graced us with a presence, whom God lent us for these 78 years. And uh, now Sarah has gone home. So we're going to, to worship together today. And um, you'll find in your bulletin everything you need. The songs, the lyrics to the songs will be in your bulletin on the insert. And you can follow along. But we're grateful to have you here today. <clears throat> the family receives your presence here as a token of your love and appreciation and your desire to encourage. So let's now take a few moments to prepare our hearts to meet Almighty God.
1: This is the call to worship. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From whence shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is a shade on your right hand.
0: You know, Sarah loved to sing the great hymns of the faith. We picked out a few of her favorites here. Would you stand with me as we sing? In the bulletin, the words are there. How great thou art. how we thank you today for lending us for these 78 years, Sarah Benjamin. God, our lives are the more saddened for her departure, but her life now is filled with joy, even as we have sung. How great are you, God, that you have given us eternal life, and this life is in your Son, He who has that son has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. God, you have spoken these words that we might know that we have eternal life. And today we are here confident that Sarah is with you in heaven now doing cartwheels, running without impediment. God, thank you for that great blessing and that blessed hope that we have laid hold of in Christ. God, we ask your blessing on this time as we remember her and make our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, he who lived and died and rose again and who while on this earth taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. And as Rachel's going to come forward and share some scripture passages of hope and comfort, I would point out that there's going to come a time in this service... Uh, after the second hymn, Be Thou My Vision, when uh, you'll have an opportunity to share uh, any stories that uh, may have been inspired by Sarah, something touching that she did uh, to touch your life, or perhaps something funny or humorous uh, about Sarah that you'd like to share with us, uh, having to do with her good nature or joke she told you, or um, just something that might make us smile. Singing, is that right? Okay. All right, you'll have your opportunity uh, here in a few moments, but Rachel.
1: This is the reading of the Word of God, John 14, 1 through 3. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you also may be with me. 1 Corinthians 15, 50-57 Now I say this, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality." But when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 1-9 For we know that if our earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house made not by hands, eternal in heaven. For indeed, in this tent we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, since in fact, after putting it on, we will not be found naked. For indeed, we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared for us this very purpose is God, who gave us a spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, we walk by faith, not by sight. But we are of good courage, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him.
0: The thing I really like about those verses that uh, Rachel gave to us there, it starts out with the Gospel of John and, and Jesus saying, I'm going to go and prepare for you a place. Now, a lot of translations will put, in my Father's house there are many mansions. and I did a service like this for, for a gentleman one time and his daughter came in and she said, I don't want you to put my father in a house, I want you to put him in a mansion. <laughs> so we used the King James Version that day uh, so we could put him in a mansion. But uh, it's interesting that God says that he has for us in heaven a house, permanence, structure that's sturdy as opposed to the tent that Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians, that this earthly tent is passing. But this is uh, the revelation that the Apostle John saw and gave to us. And, uh, and, and he had a vision of heaven uh, perhaps unlike any other human being ever had. And and he tried to describe it as best he could in the book of Revelation, but uh, the book of Revelation concludes with John's uh, vision, at least somewhat muted, but nevertheless a vision of heaven. And John writes this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. S-E-A. Isn't that an interesting thing that he'd say there? Uh, no longer any sea. You know, if you live in the desert, the sea is a scary thing. It's a fearful thing. Uh, and here he says there's no longer any sea. Nothing frightening. There's nothing scary at once the new heaven and the, uh, uh, and the new earth come. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will no longer be any death. There will be no longer any death mourning or crying or pain, the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these things are faithful and true. And then in the next chapter, the apostle said this, And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of the street, On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of light or a lamp, nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. And Sarah, at this moment as we're meeting here, is experiencing that very vision of the Almighty. We're going to sing another one of Sarah's favorites. Would you stand with me as we sing the second song on your song sheet, Be Thou My Vision. Stand with me. Thank you. a chance to share with us any thoughts about Sarah. I'd like to go first and tell you that Sarah was, uh, in my experience, indomitable. She was a tiny tiny nuclear explosion. (laughs) But she was always positive. In my experience, I know none of us are perfect. Okay, we'll stipulate to that. But Sarah was always positive, always upbeat. And, uh, and she was um, just grateful. It seemed to be alive. And, uh, and loved to sing. She would come in. I don't know if she was any good at singing, but but she liked to do it. She wasn't, okay, we have one vote for no. <laughs> uh, but uh, she, she, would, she would always come in and sing, and she would tell me a, a verse of a song that she had heard, and she, she just uh, she had the Lord on her heart, and she just kind of spilled that over on us. So I appreciate Sarah because of that. How about you? Do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share with us today?
2: I would just like to say, I love all of you. You are our church family. I hope I don't break down and cry, but um, I'm so glad that we started coming to this church seven, eight years ago. And here we are, still here and loving everyone just like we did in the very beginning. John, Patrick, we welcome you. Uh, I don't have anything funny to say about Sarah, although I could, but (laughs) when uh, the last time that we saw her uh, was in the ICU and we both walked up to her and I put my hand on her arms and I said, I know that you're going to be with your father now and your father is happy that He's going to have you with him. And for the first time, she opened her eyes. And then she closed them. And then the next morning was when we got the call that she had passed. So it was a very short, short time. Thank you, Lord, that she didn't suffer. I really am happy for that. And again, I thank you all for being here. I love you all.
0: somebody else have something they'd like to share?
1: I uh, only just met Sarah maybe six, eight months ago. Yes. Um, she was the sweetest, kindest, most positive person I ever met. She always had something positive to say, something nice to say about what you're wearing, how your hair looked. But I have to tell you, she was the only 70-something-year-old that I know that could do the twist like she could. <laughs> she could get down and back up without holding on to the floor. <laughs> and I would just look at her thinking there's no way I could get down. And I'm 10 years younger, so... How does she do it? I, I want those knees. <laughs> I want those knees. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you Maybe somebody has a non dance item to share with us. Come on, Tom.
3: Well, I have three things to recall of Sarah. The first is that without explanation, you all will experience an astronomical increase in the number of Bibles available under your chairs in the church. Because Sarah would come to Bible study every Thursday religiously, and she would always forget her Bible. And she would come in here, and she would get one from under the chairs, and then she would forget and take it home. And Ann would say, Sarah, you can't have any more Bibles for Bible study. And I would say, I'm not sure that's a rule we can enforce. (laughs) The second thing that I observed about Sarah is that some people would think that she was an advocate of multiple baptisms because if you went to breakfast with her at Bernie's or went out to dinner with her after Bible study, she would anoint you from her water glass with some regularity. I had, I never heard her say the words, but I had many washings, which in retrospect, I'm going to miss, and I probably need And the last thing I'll say about Sarah is that I don't think I've ever known anyone who had a more perpetually happy aspect and outlook. She was just phenomenal, just phenomenal.
0: Maybe somebody else? All right. Well, Pastor, why don't you come and share with us from God's Word?
4: If she did that once to me, she did it a hundred times. <laughs> and the last moment I saw her was the day that uh, I was getting a report from my sister on the phone about a medical test that my mother had. And I will always regret not getting to speak to her, but I will always remember as I was walking from that room across over here to Don't tell Gordon and Carol I sat on their couch (laughs) to talk to my sister that as she was coming in the door, she threw up her hand and waved. And I'm looking forward to saying hello in just the same manner, in God's good time. There's not anything to be said here beyond what's been said or otherwise read from the Word of God. Our confidence, after all, lies in the fact that the Lord Jesus has accomplished everything necessary so that in this moment we can confidently and peacefully gather knowing that the Lord Jesus does all things well. He lived the perfect life we couldn't live. He died the atoning death that none of us is qualified to die. He was raised from the grave, and at this moment and these moments in general, that is reason for rejoicing and the cause for us not to grieve is the rest of the world that has no hope that we believe that Jesus really did the things that he did in Scripture. He demonstrated his power and ability to heal so that whether it was a disease of the mind or the body, Jesus healed. And even at the point of death, he was merely able to utter the words, for example, at the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And as someone has said, Lazarus at that moment could not do anything other than come forth because God Almighty was speaking his name and called him. And inasmuch as Sarah had trusted in Christ in this life, we believe still in the full ability of the Lord Jesus to heal and to restore and to call his beloved home and at his behest. We can do no other. And so... We've heard these words read from the Revelation, how that there is that place that has been prepared for us. And I had someone else tell me too, preacher, when you do my funeral, put those mansions back in there. And I did when the time came. And we see that that place is beyond anything that we even could begin to imagine. Now, I know it's hard here in southwest Florida to to imagine a paradise that's any grander than what we can see out these windows, but there really is. Knowing that Jesus does all things well, there is something there for all of us that John couldn't describe with the language he had available to him. He did it accurately, and he did it well, but it defies description. And so we have confidence, for inasmuch as the Apostle Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, inasmuch as Sarah had put her faith in the Lord, we know that she is now with him. All we have left here are earthly remains, our bodies see decay, and yet God, who created the world out of nothing, who fashioned man from the dust of the earth, is fully able to raise up. All who belong to him on that day. Oh, I've had people ask me. Pastor, what about those folks whose bodies are no longer here? There have been burials at sea. I remember, man, I can see him looking at me just as clear as day. What about those folks? And I had a very astute theological answer for him in that moment. I said, don't worry, God will take care of it. Don't worry about what happens at the moment of death. God raised his son from the grave. Those of us who are united to Christ by faith will not be abandoned in that moment. The apostle Paul assures us that absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. And among the things he mentions is neither death nor life, nor things present nor things to come. And in that whole litany, the whole reason for listing them is to say there isn't anything that can separate us from God's love. The Lord Jesus, in fact, points out the importance of the tense of verbs when he is challenged as to whether there is life after death or not. And Jesus points out that the scriptures say that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What he's saying is it doesn't say he was the God. Of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By using the present tense, he's affirming that those who once lived on the earth continue to live, and God remains their God. And that gives us hope in this moment. So when we read these words together, that there's a new heaven and a new earth, and when John sees that there is a holy city that's coming down out of heaven, and it goes on to speak of a loud voice from the throne. It says, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. There we begin to get the essence of it all. We can talk about golden streets and we can talk about the walls around the city and all of the beautiful jewels that are described there. But the essence of heaven is that we dwell in the presence of God. When Jesus said, where I am, there you may be also, then we begin to get a sense. And all of the joy that we saw in Sarah And that we experience from one another is but a foretaste of what we will know. A joy that will be eternal. One of the things that tempers my joy at this stage of life, and I have to confess it has more to do with the sin of cynicism than it does of being grounded in reality, is that I have this innate ability to understand that regardless of how happy I am at the moment, something's waiting around the corner, and so I'm always braced for that thing that's coming. There will come a day when nothing will be lurking around the corner. It will be joy unspeakable and it will be joy eternal because we will be in the presence of God, the place that we truly were made to be, where he will dwell with us and we will be his people and he himself will be our God. There is no greater joy in the heart of any who have trusted in the Lord in this life than to contemplate the reality of being with him. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know, we've tried to put out boxes of Kleenex and we all have those moments when we cry. And uh, I know I've done it with family at events. And, you know, there's, there's always that moment when I'll try to catch everybody when they're not looking and do a quick. And act like everything is okay. How comforting to know that the one who loves us most Will in that moment, for whatever reason, and there's all kinds of questions about why would there be tears at this moment? Is it tears as we consider all that we've been forgiven? As we suddenly realize the debt that we really owe to a Savior who really did die for our sins? Or is it simply going to be the joy in that moment? I'm not smart enough to answer that question. But what I do know is this, it is a temporary condition because God will wipe those tears, away himself. He will take care of it. And there will be no more mourning. I have stood in places like this far more times than I'm able to count. I had the foolish notion when I preached my first funeral, which was for my grandfather, that given enough time, I would get more used to these experiences and they would get easier. I don't think I've ever had a more foolish thought in my life. Every death is difficult. All of these moments are hard. I see family who grieves the loss. And I pray in my heart, come Lord Jesus. Because I look forward to the day when there will be no more mourning. We have never known a day like that. Never. Since the time that sin entered the world. But I promise you, that day is coming. I assure you, as the Lord Jesus has promised, that day is coming. When after those tears are wiped away, there will be no crying and there will be no pain. we will be able to do the twist if there's some semblance of doing something like that there. But at least even if we don't do it, we'll know that we could. For the former things will have passed away. My friend Don Reed, who's gotten to be such a good friend in his uh, book Life Lessons, has written beautifully about Fanny Crosby, and I don't know why she came to mind as I was thinking about Sarah and thinking about this service, but he recalls that she is probably among the most famous, three of the most famous songwriters in American history, along with Stephen Foster and Irvin Berlin, perhaps. And depending on the sources that we use, she's credited with writing anywhere from three to nine thousand songs. Even if you take the lower number, that's a phenomenal amount of songs. I can't imagine. We think of, pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. She wrote folk songs and popular songs, patriotic songs, he says, and of course classic hymns Her lifetime, 1820 to 1915. She was a school teacher by profession, taught English grammar, Roman and American history. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. She was blind from the time that she was six weeks old. She was blind because of a a terrible misapplication of medicine by a negligent doctor. And yet, she never harbored any bitterness against him. She said, if perfect earthly sight were offered to me tomorrow, I would not accept it. I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things about me. And when I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. We think of physical impediments or disabilities of the mind, and we see here the ability of God to restore all that is lacking here. And so she wrote, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river." Fanny and Bing Crosby are distantly related. The Reverend Thomas Crosby of Boston was her second great-grandfather and Bing's fifth great-grandfather. No charge for that bit of trivia. She was married to a blind music teacher. They had one daughter, Frances, who died in infancy of typhoid fever. And the death of that child inspired the writing of the hymn that Fanny, Fanny always said was the favorite of her compositions and sadly few know it today she wrote simply safe in the arms of jesus safe on his gentle breast there by his love or shaded sweetly my soul shall rest she often wrote six to seven songs a day and before writing each one she would have a prayer and she wrote tell me the story of jesus Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. She died on the 12th of February, 1915 at 94 years of age. As the scriptures say of Abraham, she died at a good old age. She was buried in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and her family at her request placed a small, modest stone over her grave that simply read, Aunt Fanny, she hath done what she could. Forty years later, on the 1st of May, 1955, the public who loved her erected a huge vertical stone over five feet tall at her graveside with the words to the first stanza of what may perhaps be her most beloved hymn, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And so as we conclude this moment together, we think of Sarah, and we think of restoration, and glory, and peace, and joy. And we think of that which had been committed unto him who has kept it, and will keep all that is committed unto him, even unto the day of Christ Jesus. So church, I'm just reminding you of things that we all already know. The Lord Jesus Christ gives us life and life everlasting. We're just rehearsing for the reality. We walk along this veil where we for the moment mourn and cry and experience the consequences of sin that has entered this world. But there's coming a day. So rejoice today. Sarah, because of faith in Jesus, not because of a perfect life, at least not her's. Christ's perfect life, imputed to her because she trusted in him, now knows the things that we talk about and we wonder about. She's able to answer questions that we don't even have sense enough to ask. So, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I hope he's yours. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are most blessed and most glorious and we praise and thank you for the assurance that we have of salvation and everlasting life in Jesus Christ open our eyes to him who has done all things well that we may know him and the power of his resurrection and that in these moments and for the rest of our lives here as we reflect upon this life, Sarah Benjamin's life for which we're thankful we may remember the Savior that she loved to sing about and now knows face to face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing it. Blessed assurance. we conclude i invite you to take your bulletins as we read together what is perhaps the most beloved of psalms psalm 23 it's even there in the version that most of us memorized it in as we were as we were coming along and let me say this at the conclusion of the service there's um, some food that's been prepared for loved ones and so we invite you to stick around and fellowship together and enjoy as that's been provided it's just in the fellowship hall in this direction But let's conclude with God's word. Psalm 23, let's read together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so may grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with and abide with you all, now and forevermore. And everyone said together, Amen. Amen.